The Bearcats 2023 football schedule is out, and I feel even better headed into the season. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel and follow it to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is the official sportsbook of Lockdown FanDuel Sportsbook. That's what this episode is brought to you by. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day right here on Lockdown Bearcats. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. The Bearcats 2023 football schedule is out. I am excited. I hope you are too. The Bearcats schedule looks really good. Um... They avoid TCU, Kansas State, and Texas. You could not have asked for a better outcome in that regard. Five conference games compared to just four road games. Uh, BYU in September, that's always good. You never want to go to Provo, Utah late in the season when the weather could be treacherous. Houston in November, that's good. It's not going to be as hot in November in, in Houston. UCF in November, it could be a cold weather game. And all of that makes me feel even better about their chances to have a successful first year under Scott Satterfield. You've got seven home games. The bye week is early. It's not right in the halfway point of the season like it was last year, but it's after five games. It's after your first two conference games, which are Oklahoma and BYU, which I'll get to that in a minute. But you talk about having to go to Provo, Utah on a short week. You get a bye week and then two conference home games. You're essentially home the whole month of October. Four of your six conference games are at home. Four of your first six conference games are at home. You get what I think are the two hardest games out of the way right out of the gate. And you avoid, (coughs) excuse me, not only TCU, Kansas State, and Texas, but also Texas Tech. And you look at your other, you look at your peers who are joining the Big 12 next year. UCF opens at Kansas State, at Kansas State, and they have five road games. Houston, you have all top four teams from last year. Now, they do have five home games, so that's advantageous for them. But BYU, they've got five road games in conference play, including TCU. Plus, they've got Arkansas and Kansas back-to-back. They go to Arkansas, and then they um, go to Kansas. So that's a treacherous two-game stretch for them. Compare what the Bearcats have to the other three teams joining the conference next year. I think this is a really, really good draw. You should be happy. I'm happy. Now, let's get to... What I don't like. Now, I'll say this. I'll start by saying this. I love playing Oklahoma in the Big 12 to start the season, the conference season. That is the Big 12s as of, of, of late and probably historically when it comes to football. That is their signature program. And you are playing them at Nippert Stadium in your first ever Big 12 game. The anticipation for that game, the week leading up to it's going to be amazing. The game itself, I really hope that's a nip and night game. I think if there's any game that should be nip and night, it's Oklahoma. Oklahoma hasn't come to Nippert Stadium. I don't know if they've ever come to Nippert Stadium, to be honest. I feel they came to Paul Brown Stadium back when it was Paul Brown Stadium, now Paycor Stadium, back in 2000 
and uh, 10, I believe. So um, Oklahoma hasn't come here in a long time. The Bearcats haven't played them in a long time. So really looking forward to that. Um, Oklahoma logically should be better this year than they were last year. I do think that a two-game stretch to open conference play, Oklahoma and BYU, that's not easy. Oklahoma is going to be better. Uh, their recruiting classes are in the top 10, both on Rivals and 24-7 Sports. And BYU, that's never an easy trip. You're talking about um, your first big trip west, probably since UC. I think that is going to be a challenge for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, short week, Friday night could be a little cold in the in the mountains, but um, and that's a tough place to go into. If you're able to come out of that stretch one and one, you're in good shape. Zero oh and two, that's not good. And I get it; it's the Bearcats' first season in the Big Twelve. And I talked about yesterday how your expectations should be to just build and establish. But we're talking fourteen teams competing for a Big 12 championship. Two spots, 14 teams. It's not 11 teams, and the Bearcats aren't start, aren't starting out at the top like they were last year. So they have their work cut up for them. If you can come out of that Oklahoma and BYU stretch one and one, knowing you've got four of your last seven games at home, I think that's I think that's good. And again, the expectation, I don't think, is to reach the Big 12 championship. If they do, great. The expectation should be build and establish, make a bowl game, be competitive, set yourself up for success in year two. All right. Um, let's get to the uh, – I, I know what you're asking right now. My schedule predictions. I always like to do this when the Bearcats schedule comes out and the Bengals schedule comes out. So let's take a look at the Bearcats – I'm going to run through every game and give my early record prediction. Whole season, not just conference play. Week one, EKU, that's a win, 38-7. Week two, they go to Pittsburgh. Now, there is an interesting element to this. Scott Satterfield and Louisville beat Pitt last year, 24-10. to But Pitt last year went 9-4, and including a victory in the Sun Bowl against UCLA. They went 5-3 and in the ACC. They scored over 31 points a game. Averaged over 400 yards of offense. It's a road game. It's a big early test at Heinz Field. I'll say the Bearcats dropped that game 28-17. Week three against Miami, Ohio. Please, for the love of God, win this game and do what every head coach going back to Brian Kelly has done before you. Go undefeated against Miami, Ohio. If Miami can't compete against Cincinnati in the AAC, good luck competing against them in the Big 12. It's a home game for the Bearcats. It's at Nippert Stadium. They win 34-17. Oklahoma. I say Oklahoma is going to be better this year, at least defensively, which you would think, under head coach Brent Venables. Top 10 recruiting classes according to 24-7 sports and rivals. Then again, this is Cincinnati's first ever Big 12 game at home. It's going to be an electric atmosphere. It's something they've been waiting for for so long. I say the Bearcats get the job done in this game, 31-24. Excuse me. All right. BYU. Um, this is tough. You're essentially going west. You've got to bring your running game with you. BYU is going to allow you to run the ball. But I think the Bearcats drop this one 34-21. After the bye, week seven, Iowa State. 
Worst team in the league a year ago. New offensive coordinator for the Bearcats. Tom Manning knows them well. I say they win 38-17. Week 8 against Baylor. Big 12 champions in 2021. They had a down year last year. This is a game I look at as a need to win at home against a team who may be viewed as close to the Bearcats in terms of projected finish. I say they win 30-20. to Week 9 at Oklahoma State. Tremendous environment that's going to be. Can't wait to face Mike Gundy. I'm sure I'm, I'm speaking the, the feelings of a lot of Bearcat fans. We'll see if the Bearcats are the real men in 40. I say they lose that game, though, 27-21. Revenge game in Week 10 against UCF at home. What will UCF look like this year? Isaiah Bowser's not going to be on the team. It's a home game for the Bearcats. I say they win narrowly 27-24. They go to Houston next. Week 11 didn't face them last year. I say they dropped that game 31-24. Then, week 12 at West Virginia. The rivalry is back. Going there in November will be awesome. An important game coming down the stretch. I say they win that game. I'm going to say they steal a win 28-21. Then they conclude the regular season on senior day. Against Kansas, I say they win that game 35-24, chance to finish the year strong. So, how would you feel about 8-4 and four and 6-3 and three in conference play? 8-4 and four overall, that's going to get you a good bowl game, 6-3 and three in the conference. You win, six out of your first, you win six of nine games in the conference in your first season. How would you feel about that? Again, there are expectations of just building and establishing. And I'm going to touch on that here in segment two because I think your expectations, as I kind of already alluded to, and maybe I didn't talk about this yesterday. <laughs> uh, my days are all run together. But I'm going to talk to you more about expectations for year one under Scott Satterfield because I think it's how you view this season. So I do all of that after I tell you how this Whoops, excuse me. Ow, excuse me. This episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they are the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I like the Eagles in Super Bowl 57 against the Kansas City Chiefs. How about three Cincinnati Bearcats playing in this game? Line hasn't changed. I like the Eagles minus one and a half, and I like a slight over 49 and a half. So again, the FanDuel Sportsbook app is easy, it's safe, secure, and super easy to use. That's what I like most about it. Best of all, you can get your you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash lockdown to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown. Make every moment more with FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Alex Frank with you right here on Locked On Bearcats, your host each and every day. So we've talked about this offseason, how much of a rebuild the Bearcats program is in. Heading into year one in the Big 12, heading into year one under Scott Satterfield. 
And I do think that there is some rebuilding to do, but I don't think that's what this season's about. I think this season is more of about building and establishing. And I say that because I compare this time to 2017. And if you remember that time, look for a head coach, I think a lot of us were just asking, well, can he restore this program to relevancy? Can he make this program competitive? Now, because of what the Bearcats have accomplished over the last few years, there are more questions because you care more. And that is what Luke Fickle did. He made you care about the program that other Power 5 programs care about. And that, again, goes back to him leaving this program in a better place. There are questions that you have heading into year one under Scott Satterfield. He's walking into a program that is in much better shape than 2017. You've 13 bowl game appearances in 16 years. You've seen this program reach the championship tournament in college football as a group of five team. Now, um, what you think this season is based off of, there shouldn't be any expectations, and that's a good thing. I don't know what to expect the first year in the Big 12. I think they can go eight and four. That might be pushing a little bit. There are a lot of new faces, both on the roster and the coaching staff. You've got new systems on both sides of the ball. Positions are in rebuild. This year is about about rebuilding, but I think it's more about building and establishing. Who are you going to be in the Big 12? What is Scott Satterfield as a head coach? How is he in game game in key situations? Who is he as a play caller? What does a Tom Manning offense look like? How does Brian Brown's defense translate in the Big 12? The good thing about this year compared to 2017 is that there are these questions. We didn't really have these questions in 2017 because all because all we cared about was just being relevant and getting back to a bowl game. I think baseline this year is they get to a bowl game at six and six or seven and five. I was talking to a friend of mine about that last night. Questions about getting back to being competitive and being relevant, those don't exist. There are deeper questions. What's the offense going to look like? Who's going to start a quarterback? What's the how's the defense going to translate to the Big 12? There is a lot at stake. Um going into this season, and there shouldn't be any expectations. The wins will come. The Bearcats are going to win some games. They're going to beat Iowa State at home. I'm confident in saying that. They're going to beat Kansas at home. I'm confident in saying that. Um, Again, the good thing about the schedule is they avoid Kansas State, TCU, Texas, and Texas Tech. UCF doesn't avoid Kansas State. Texas, I mean, uh, Texas, uh, I'm sorry, um, Houston has to play TCU, Texas, Texas Tech, and Baylor. And again, yes, Oklahoma should be better. But you got a huge, a, you got a very, very good draw with the teams you have to play. And the fact that you only have one time this year where you have two straight road games, which I believe last year only happened one time. But there is still, and I think it happened, it happened twice in 2021. And it happened uh, once last year. So it only happens one time again this year. And it's not till late in the season. That is when you should be bowl eligible. In fact, I do have the Bearcats at bowl eligibility by the time they head to Houston. But again, all these questions, we didn't have these in 2017. Now, here's something else I'll tell you. It's okay because the Bearcats went to the college football playoff as a group of five team in 2021 that you think anything is possible. It's okay to want this team to go back to the playoff. Just don't expect them to this year, maybe year two. I don't know about year three. 
it's not fair to expect that from them. It's not fair to think Scott Satterfield is going to be the next Luke Fickle. And I say that even if he wins a Big 12 championship, gets the team to the playoff, wins a national championship. That would be great if he did that. But don't hold him to Fickle and don't hold him to expectations. A lot of fans may not realize what's happening right now with this program. I may not, and I'm right there with you. But I'm right there with you, and I'm the voice of the reason. This is a time of transition. It's exciting to be at the Power 5 level now. Don't get carried away with that, though. There is still a lot of building and establishing to do. Every great program starts somewhere. Truly. I mean, Ohio State, you, we, we know they're great. They struggled when, I mean, they struggled to be Michigan way back when. Every great program starts from somewhere. Just expect to make a bowl game. And the bowl games that the Big 12 has partnerships with are significant what you're getting than what you got in the American Athletic Conference. And that's something that you got to think about. It's okay to not have expectations. Those are gone. The weight of, you know, having to go undefeated, doing it in style, and having all these things happen around you in 2021 are gone. The weight of defending two straight conference championships and your playoff appearance and your two straight New Year's Six Bowls from last year, those are gone. Some of the talent might be as well, but I'm also telling you that there's still plenty to be excited about. And it's fun when you don't have expectations. It is fun. Coming up, keep your expectations low for football, but wait till you hear how hard it's going to be on the hardwood next year. I will get into all of that after I tell you this episode of Lockdown Bearcats being brought to you by Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then, man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious you won't think they're good for you, perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes them so good? What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, and they come in unbelievably good flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, you don't need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. That's your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Thank me later. Built Bar revolutionizing deliciousness while maintaining healthiness. This was a topic Russ and I talked about on our live room last week, live room coming later today at 1230 Eastern time. Um, If you think that the Bearcats are going to have a stretch of games in in basketball next year in the Big 12, like ECU, SMU, and UCF, uh, keep dreaming. By the way, if you look at the Big 12, and Josh Neighbors locked on Big 12, could also tell you this, but I look at the Big 12 this week alone. I mean, first off, look at I mean, look at the games that you have this week. So far this week, you have had, if we go back to Monday, 
So far this week, we have had number 10 Texas beat number 11 Baylor 76-71. Texas came back from down 23 to be number 13 Iowa overtime 80-77. That was Texas Tech's first win in conference play. We go to yesterday. Number 8 Kansas beats number 7 Kansas State 90-78. Number 15 TCU beats West Virginia 76 72. West Virginia, by the way, 2-7 and seven in the Big 12. That's how competitive this league is. All right? Tonight, you've got Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. All right, two of the quote-unquote bottom feeders in the conference. Thursday, you don't have any games in the Big 12 on Thursday. No, and you don't have any on Friday. But Saturday, oh boy. Number 8, Kansas. Number 13, Iowa State. Ames, Iowa. That's on ESPN. Number 11, Baylor hosts Texas Tech. Number 15, TCU goes to Oklahoma State. Number 10, Texas, and number 7, Kansas State. Oklahoma, West Virginia, take that as you will. What I'm saying is, there is nowhere to hide in the Big 12. Look at the, I mean, right now in the standings, in the standings in the Big 12, you have, you have six teams who are ranked. Baylor's number 11, and they're in sixth place in the conference. Sixth. You have six teams in the top 15 in the Big 12. Oh, and you want to go further? Well, right now, right now in the net rankings, forget the top 25. Right now in the net rankings, excuse me. And by the way, Houston's going to be in the mix next year. Right now you've got Kansas, Texas, Iowa State, Baylor, TCU, Kansas State, all in the top 20. Add West Virginia, the top 25. And then you go down the list, and you'll see Oklahoma State is 45. You keep going down the list, and you see Oklahoma's 54. I mean, this is unbelievable how good this conference is. I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine last night. The quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament this year, whoo! are going to be insane. And you look at your top six teams. You look at six teams in their schedule. Texas. They have the stretch of West Virginia, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. But look at their last four games that they're in right now. Or their last four games in general. Or or look at their last four games of the season. Versus Iowa State at Baylor at TCU versus Kansas. Good luck. Kansas State. Now their schedule lightens down the stretch. But their first eight games season in the Big 12 this year were right now. Their first eight games, Kansas State. And there's a reason why they're number seven. This is a battle-tested team. Kansas State's first eight conference games. West Virginia, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma State, TCU, Kansas, Texas Tech, Iowa State. Now, they're in a stretch right now that includes includes Kansas, Texas, and TCU. That's a brutal Brutal stretch. All right. TCU. Or actually Iowa State. Their schedule is like two ranked teams the whole way. The conference two ranked teams, then they get a reprieve. The end of the six-game stretch, though, that includes TCU, Kansas State, and Texas. And Kansas State and Texas are on the road. Then they get with Oklahoma and West Virginia at home. They end at Baylor. All right. TCU. TCU started difficult. Their schedule this season. Again. Bearcats, if you 
think they don't have an easy stretch in the AAC, just wait till you get to the Big 12 because they're going to have to start to build consistency this season, which I still really think they can. I still really think that. Because Saturday, and again, the conversation I had with my friend last night, I was saying, and we were saying, hey, they were competitive. If they get Houston for a third time, I think they got a chance. You look at um, TCU's schedule. So they started with Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, Texas, Kansas State. All right. Well, they got a three-game stretch coming up of Kansas State, Baylor, and Iowa State. That's a tough three-game stretch. Not to mention two of those games are on the road, and those are in a span of nine days. All right. So we look at we look at Kansas. Um, by the way, who are in fifth place in the Big 12. They played the four worst teams first, but they're in a stretch right now. That goes Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU, Baylor, Kentucky, Kansas State, Iowa State, Texas. And they end the season. All right? It's amazing to me how Kansas, well, actually, now they're in fourth place because they beat Kansas State last night. I I, I typed those notes yesterday, so excuse me. Um, They, Kansas ends with Baylor, TCU, and Texas, they get West Virginia and Texas Tech at home in between. So their schedule lightens a little bit down the stretch. But you're seeing here how tough these are. Baylor, they had their easy stretch of only playing two ranked teams in the conference in the first eight games. Their stretch right now, road games at TCU, Kansas, and Kansas State, Texas, and Iowa State in two of their last three games. I mean, there are not going to be any stretches in the Big 12 that are easy. When you add Houston to the mix, and that's for the current Big 12 teams, they got to contend with Houston. UCF's a solid team in the AAC right now, right behind Cincinnati. BYU is seventh in the West Coast Conference standings. This 10-game stretch, the Bearcats are in. I want them to play like they're in the Big 12. UCF, they got twice. Tulane's on the road. Memphis on the road. Temple at home. That's not an easy stretch if you think about it. They got to start playing like they're in the Big 12. Win the final 10 games, you finish 24-8 and and 13-5 and or 14-4 in the AAC. Could maybe get you an at-large bid. I don't know. Win nine, you're sitting at 23 and nine and 13 and five in conference play. Maybe. Only go eight and two and finish 22 and 10 and finish 12 and six in league play. Might be pushing it. All right. I'll finish with this. Um, Super Bowl 57, the Chiefs and the Eagles. Obviously, if you're a Cincinnati Bearcats fan like me, you think about that there are three Cincinnati Bearcats in this game. Look at the two rosters. There are only a handful of schools who have more. Oklahoma's got six. Georgia and Florida both have four. But the Bearcats have three players in this game. Three prominent players. Brian Cook had a tremendous game against the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday in the AFC Championship game. He had that tip pass for the interception in the fourth quarter. The Bearcats, though, are going to have somebody, either Jason or Travis Kelsey, who are going to be a two-time Super Bowl champion. And Brian Cook could win one as a rookie. That validates last year's draft class, which, by the way, Kobe Bryant and the Seahawks made the playoffs. Sauce Gardner was an all-pro. Pretty solid first year for Bearcats and the pros from the 2021 team. And for what it's worth, you know, I say all the time, opportunities come few and far between in this city of Cincinnati and for the Bearcats. Well, I was thinking the other day, Philadelphia, yes, they're the fourth largest city in the country. They're the fourth biggest market in terms of television. Actually, I I, I shouldn't say that because I'm not sure, but they are a huge market. 
And I know this year that if you're a Philadelphia sports fan, you've had the Phillies go to the World Series and you had the Eagles go to the Super Bowl. But Philadelphia doesn't always have these opportunities. When you consider this is the Eagles, this is only their fourth ever Super Bowl appearance. The Phillies have only been to a World Series in their history, and they still, by the way, have an under 500 winning percentage. They have only the Sixers, who have 52 playoff appearances in their franchise history. They only have three championships and only one finals appearance since 1983, and they got wiped by the Lakers in 01. The Flyers have two Stanley Cups, but they haven't won one since the the mid-70s. They've been to six finals appearances, and they've lost them all. So really, Philadelphia, are they really that much more successful, successful than Cincinnati in terms of championships? Yes. The Phillies have won a World Series. The Eagles have won a Super Bowl. But that's only one each since 1990. That's only one each. Just something to think about. Later today at 1230, Russ Heldman joins me uh, tomorrow. We'll recap the Bearcats game against Tulsa. We'll look ahead on Friday to the Bearcats and UCF, a crucial game for the Cincinnati Bearcats and maybe another topic that arises today from our live room. Again, I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore 92 and an ATI. I'm on Instagram, Alex Frank, underscore an email at Alex three Frank at gmail.com. Thanks again for making lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day for your second listen. Check out our brand new podcast, locked on college basketball experts, Isaac shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big name experts, coaches and players throughout the basketball landscape that's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. For Locked On Bearcats, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, join us later today for lunch, 1230. Yours truly, Russ Hellman, weekly live room edition of Locked On Bearcats. Thanks again for making us your first listen every day. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Alex Frank for Locked On Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow right here on Locked On Bearcats.